0: And just sits and thinking on why I love you and all my reasons. And if I
1: lost you, boy, if I lost you, I'd lose myself and I wouldn't
0: feel the way I feel now. You bring me sin, yes, you bring me sin. You make me feel like a million billion. I let you in, but don't you break my heart? Don't you bring me apart? Well, don't you break me apart? That's my head. That was It Should Be Easy
1: featuring Will I Am from Britney Spears' eighth studio album Britney Jean. Hi, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, the host of the original Doll. I interview songwriters and producers and find out all the behind-the-scenes things as we unpackage their music. Hear how they got started in music, hear how songs were created and evolved. We go behind the scenes of the global number one hits, those deep cuts, and those unreleased and those songs that were never completed. A little bit about It Should Be Easy is it in fact did hit US radio on December 2nd 2013 and it would ultimately be played on over 70 stations in the US here on the original doll I like going to get to the sources so that we have receipts from media base we did find out that this was in fact played on almost 70 stations mostly top 40 and rhythmic And the other thing is, the song itself did, in fact, peak on certain charts. The Dance and Electronic digital song sales on Billboard, it peaked at number 10. The Hot Dance Electronic songs, it peaked at number 16. Now, the the album that it came from, Britney Jean, that peaked at number 4 on the Billboard 200, number 3 on the vinyl albums, number 5 at the Tastemaker albums, number 4 at the Billboard Top Album sales, and number 4 again at the Top Current Album sales. Uh, not too bad for uh, an album, especially in 2013. Now, the main thing is, many people might not know, I know some of you do know, the song was in fact given a remix package. There were four officially Remix uh, remixes that were brought forward to kind of bring into the clubs so that they can get more um, market space. We talked with Davidson Ospina Josh Schwartz and a lot of other Britney Spears collaborators that at a point they try to market the label tries to market a song going okay let's get into the clubs let's go this way this EDM, this dance dark sound, we want to push towards the dance club. So let's get people listening to it. So there are many songs on Britney Jean that did, in fact, chart on different electronic uh, charts globally. And we're going to go into that when we go into all those songs. But Thank you for coming back for those uh returners. You know, thank you again and for the Patreon patrons, from Rochelle to Ryan to Adam to Tommy to Jenny to Pam to Steve to Frankie to Teddy to uh Kelly, all these people. Thank you all so much for being a part of it. If you want to uh, join and add me on Patreon, you can go to www.theoriginaldoll.com. And if you want to learn out how to help charity, go ahead and go there as well and add me on Instagram, the dot um, but we're going to continue our conversation with Anthony Preston, who played a part in this song and many others, and we're going to deep dive into those different tracks and hear how those songs were created. So I'm going to stop talking, but thank you so much for listening and enjoy. This is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is The Original Doll. <laughs> the Original Doll. How did you meet Will? Because you said Will, and I'm like, let's clarify who Will is. We're not on a first-name basis with him. <laughs>
0: so I met Willie, <laughs> as he's known. I met Will. Um, where did I meet Will? I met Will traveling with David. Um, David produced this little bitty song for the Black Eyed Peas called I Got a Feeling. You might have heard it once or twice. It was only big in certain markets. Um, <laughs> Right, I don't. I don't know if it ever crossed over to the states. Uh, so, um, so he, so that's was the genesis and the way that these relationships work sometimes in the industry is you know they're camp level relationships like you know Will knows there's Will and Will's people and then there's David and David's people and then there's this person and their people kind of thing but you all kind of get to know each other and you know through the work if that makes sense. And um, so I'd known Will for a couple of years, but we'd never worked together. I actually remember David did a song with Fergie and Chris Willis called No Getting Over. All the things I know right now, if I only knew back then, there's no
1: getting over, no getting over, just no getting over you. Wish I could spin my world it too.
0: We went and shot the music video at the record plant, which was Will's favorite studio of choice at the time for many years before he built his own. Um, And Will was around and I stalked him because I just wanted to talk to him and I couldn't even get his attention. He even walked by me once, he was walking to Target. You could walk to Target from the record plant and he read my shirt and I was like, I can't remember what the shirt said, but he read my shirt to me and I was like, I want to play you music and it never happened. But it wasn't supposed to happen then, which is so funny um, because it happens when it's supposed to happen the way that it's supposed to happen, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So um, years later, so I was traveling back from Asia back to Atlanta where I was based, um, and I spent the summer with Afrojack in LA, working on music. And so, and Will had a nickname for me that I will not repeat, but he didn't really know my name and that's important to the story for another reason. So, he, but he referred to me <laughs> as, this, mm-hmm. as his name. Oh, no, no, it's not a bad name. It's just it just in this ecosphere where culture changes. Yeah, yeah. color colorism. And I don't think it's going to be that bad, but that, that at the, at that chapter, that's what his nickname for me was. And he has nicknames for everybody because he can't remember their names. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so I'm traveling back. I have a layover in LA. Now my flight, I come out of customs at 10 o'clock and my flight's at 6 AM. But I realized that um, my hotel is the W Hollywood, which doesn't make sense because it's so far away from the airport for me to have a six o'clock flight out the next morning. And so, after going through all kinds of machinations with the travel department, I ended up still getting the card going down to Hollywood. And a friend of mine was, I like, stopped by and have a drink at my club. Um, I want to say it was Club AV, Kobe, at the time. And in that summer, we'd been in New York with Kobe while he was designing the sound system. Um, went to the office with him, me and Afra. And yeah. And so he was like, Come here. I want you to hear the sound system. I was really tired and frustrated. I didn't want to go. I think it was even Paris Hilton's birthday. It was one of those night crazy nights. And so go over to the club to have a drink, look at the sound system, kiss Paris on the cheek, and say, Happy birthday. And as I'm coming out of the club, Will and Apple are walking into the club. You guys here? Thinking, you know, that David's in town or Chris is in town or somebody's in town because I'm, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, no, I'm just by myself, you know? And he's like, okay, well, um," and at this point, the club owner jumps into the conversation. He's like, you said you didn't know him. And Will's looking confused, right? And then he goes on to explain, Last week when we were in the studio, you wanted to know who was singing that song and who wrote that song. It was him. And Will looked at me and he's like, you make music? And I was like, yeah, I make music. What did you think I did? I mean, he's like, I didn't know what the fuck you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, I ain't never seen you do shit. You're just always around having a good time, you know? you just not so I was like, okay, well, he goes, come to the studio tomorrow at four o'clock and play me your music. I'm like, well, I have a flight at 6 a.m. in the morning. He puts his hands on both of my shoulders and looks at me with this smirk thing he does. He's like, come to the studio tomorrow at four o'clock and play me your music. I might have something for play. And walks off. And now I'm completely stressed out. <laughs> I didn't have any money then, but when I, def- I had like three million miles at the time. So I knew I could get home. I knew I could get a hotel room. I knew I could work all that kind of stuff out. Um, so that was easy um, and so I went to the studio at four o'clock and he was not there and not only was he not there he did not show up until midnight stop no, he, and I waited outside of that studio in a car for that entire eight hours
1: because it's giving me Jennifer Hudson flashbacks you in the you in the lunch and it was, and for the to come out. stop <laughs>
0: It's the same thing. <laughs> It's this is all the same place. The record plant was did good by me. I mean it did bad by me some days, but it did good by me other day for the most part. Like I got I have some other memories that I couldn't forget. But <laughs> a lot of shit went down there. But um no, so I jumped out of the car yelling, like well, he's like, What's wrong? You know, I was like, you were supposed to be eight hours ago well, I'm here now. Come on in and place a meeting for me. And then Like I don't that's when my life really changed like he had his people check me back into the hotel extend my stay I lived at that hotel for three months three and a half months maybe something like that and whoa well he he did every time it was time for me to go he would joke and say I'm scared if I let you go home you won't come back
1: that's (laughs) and I was like so what was like that first project that you were working like what was the first thing that he was like let's get you
0: the first thing I did was I started working with Nicole. I started working with Nicole was the very first thing. And, you know, listen, I'm super appreciative. Cause in a lot of ways that was, I was still learning, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, the, those were definitely sink or swim scenarios. Um, and I wanted to step up to the plate and do the best that I could possibly do. And I don't think there's anything else I could have done really. Um in hindsight. <laughs> go oh ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, just in hindsight, you know, I wish I was as strong then as I am now, creatively and on a personal level and, and, and knew all the things I knew. No, but it but then when I think about it, that's how I became stronger. And that's where I learned the things I didn't know and, and and things like that. So nothing but great memories. Um and the, the the few years I spent learning from Will and working with him, you know, I can't tell you how much of a creative genius this man is. I would just sit in the studio. I have so many pictures in my phone of me just sitting in the studio behind him, just just sitting, watching, observing, learning. He's he's, he's brilliant, and I mean we know that because you know the the songs, you know, like I said, David produced. I got a feeling <laughs> Will wrote it, and. And, you know, like, like these are songs that will live on in infamy, you know? Well,
1: and that's, that's one of those things where it's like that, that music, that art is so timeless that no matter what, if you're like, you know, Will I Am, people could be like, oh, this boom, boom power, I got to feel like he's touched upon so many things. And what's funny is then it's like, when I remember Scream and Shout came out, everyone is like, why did it take so long for this to happen because Will I am is one of those people that like I I always I, I've never I've never met him but I always feel like he's always been thinking on a different level than the rest of us are. Do you know what I mean? Like in the best way possible. Oh,
0: do do I know what you mean? <laughs> Will Will is what Will is self-described and and I can definitely co-sign this as a futurist um in his thinking and how he moves and it takes some adjusting like it, even in you know like even in the way that I learned so much from the man, just in how to, how he moves and and how he thinks and what he says and what he does, and um yeah, he's just brilliant, man, I mean, he really, really is, and I consider that chapter to be probably one of the most fundamental chapters to just who I am as a person, just having his attention at a time, you know, and the other thing I, I I appreciate about Willie was just. You know at at the time again this is this wasn't today, this was years ago you know and and in, in a lot of ways, I know that he was protecting me and keeping me safe and because I was in spaces that you know even some people in in our immediate mix didn't necessarily want me around, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, for reasons that are now you know distasteful, but then it was okay, you know mm-hmm. so he's a futurist. He, he's, he's, he's amazing and brilliant. And I love that man. And I'll do anything for him. So.
1: He's, he's one of those people that I just think when I see interviews, I'm like, I'm looking at and listening to this genius level person where he's like, I want to make a car using marshmallows or something like that. And it's just like, people are like, that's so weird. And then, you know, 20 years down the line, it's a thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I, that's what I love. And I love that he would speak about, Working on music where, whether it was colors or vibes or emotions, or he spoke in a way that makes sense if you start thinking outside of the box. And I think him creating some sort of safe space makes sense because he's like, we don't all fit in here. We don't all fit in this thing.
0: But that's, but, but, you know, the other thing too is, is, is you got to keep in mind that he, he knows. What he is, and he's so confident and com- comfortable and confident in who he is, um, and and when you're when you're that confident and, and comfortable in who you are, you know you can love freely and you can give freely and you can move freely, you know because no one listen. He had every opportunity. Will is old school in the sense of a lot of those stories we hear about Dr. Dre or or, and, and, and those, you know, Will was in that mix as a writer and as a dancer and as a, a performer, and, you know, back when it was at the Clan before it became the Black Eyed Peas. Um, he had every opportunity to be inauthentic in the name mm-hmm, of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, in terms of talent, let me tell you something, freestyling, pff, listen, Really? oh my God, it's the most incredible thing. Like, like, I can't even put words to it, and it's like you know he didn't think of this before he got here because he's talking about the shit that just happened twenty minutes ago, but it's packaged in a way you know that matches his rhyme and matches his beat, and you know, and he's talking about we just decided to go see this movie tonight, you know, an hour ago, and he's talking about that we're going to the movie, you know, and he's, I mean, and it's all in there, and it, and he's just, it's, he's, he's, it's, it's amazing, he's amazing creatively He's amazing other ways but definitely creatively so
1: so yeah i was
0: super lucky in that respect
1: well and that's why it's like it's so cool to hear this because he's one of those icons of music and to hear that he even kind of opened arms open door to be like hey you're young talent let's come on in because so many times i hear songwriters that are like you know, I wasn't allowed in this room because this producer said, unless you have like a number one hit or something, don't bother me with my time. And it's just like, but that's not the way you create the best songs. Like it's whoever's in the room and it's the room, and it's always the right time for that. So I want to jump to this and I want to go through because uh, I don't want to take uh, up a lot of your time. What I'm going to do is we're going to talk about Britney Jean and what if you can explain what a vocal producer does then with these songs there's people that want to give shout outs to you for these fun songs. So anything you remember, if it was like, that was the first song we worked on for the project, or that song was the one that was like eight years in the making. Cause we always hear a lot of times where they're just like, this song took forever to make.
0: Well, so that was obviously a very special chapter uh, of my life. I... Can't always remember those timelines, but here's what I remember. I remember this is before I even worked with Whitney. I hadn't even met her and they were looking for a follow-up single to scream and shout. And so I was working down in my studio, well, in Will's studio, working down by myself. And I was tweeting, trying to learn how to tweet. That was popular at the time. And <laughs> Same, same. (laughs) And I said something to the effect of I hope that Will and Brittany like this song I'm working on. And Perez Hilton picked up that tweet and did whatever he did. And I got into so much trouble. Uh -uh. Because I didn't realize, especially at that chapter, I didn't realize how my association, how easily I could do something that affected other things in in the ecosphere. Um, But it was actually the genesis of the conversation, because what it did is it sparked rumors that Will was going to do the, the project before he was actually going to do the project, I think it probably sparked the conversation in a way. Um, yeah, and, and the other thing that's interesting about that project is, I don't know, because I never asked Brittany, but she and I are both Southern, as Southern mm-hmm. can get, and behind closed doors, we were really Southern together, <laughs> to the degree that all I ever called her while we worked together was Brittany Jean. I wouldn't believe on some level, that that had an impact on why she named that project <laughs> brittany jane because that's all i ever called her i'd be like brittany jane cut it out because that's how we talk like you don't just use someone's
1: did your accents name. get thicker and thicker the more you talked like a lot oh. of times <laughs> we would we
0: would we would definitely get pretty like you it's, it's kind of, you know it's kind of like I also, it was kind of like, imagine if you're French, but you live in America for 20 years and you didn't get a chance to speak French. And then one day you have a new French friend and you're like, oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we can talk.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. So how is that though, being in a studio though, where, where it's like, you're working with somebody and the thing is that's Britney Spears still top tier performer like do you address that differently than you would like an up-and-coming developing artist like how do you as an artist
0: it depends on from i mean was i nervous at first yes i was afraid why well there's so much hoopla you know the security team came in this week to the studio um you know the assistant comes in and has you signed this and has you signed that? The managers are all, you know, wired up and blah, 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 blah. She doesn't like this and blah, 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 blah. And then the person gets there and they're so cool and so normal. And just so every day, you know, like she was like every other mother that had just dropped her kids off at school and was coming to work for the day. And what I always loved and appreciated about working with her, um, aside from just, the conversations we we get to have, like, um, first of all, I'm so happy for her. Let me just go on the record of saying that. Uh, I'm so happy that she's found her voice and that she's saying things now that so many of us are, you know, new and or suspected. Mm -hmm. Um, And that she found her strength. Um she, I know that she was looking for it. Love that. Um, and that's about all I'll say about all of that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I know that she was looking for her voice and she was looking for her strength, and I'm so happy that she got.
1: I love that. Well, and that's that's what I love where it's like so many people are like, I worked with this song or that song, and and they all everyone was consistently like when I worked with Brittany in the studio, she was professional, she was chill, she was laid back, she was. There to be as great as we all know her to be. That Mm -hmm. she did not want, and that this is what I love, and that's what I love hearing these stories because these songs on this album, so many of them charted. Almost eight of like the fourteen songs charted on Billboard. I don't know if you realize that they charted. They 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 charted.
0: We get get beat up a lot about that project, and and I always, you know, I'm very hesitant to even discuss it, uh, just because I think the world is is just beginning to learn some of her personal mm-hmm. journey and the impact that that might have on her workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's her story to tell Absolutely. and to discuss. Um, so I'm always one to let her do that in her own time when she's ready, you Love know, it. Um, and that's been my, just kind of like, you know, what, I'm, I'm not ever going to be, do anything to hurt my friend. Period.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, and the, the cool thing with this though, is here you are working on this project. Like how do you, as a creative in general, how do you come up with ideas for an established artist? Like, how do you go? Cause you were a fan of her music before. And as a listener, how do you go, how do I do something that has not been done before? You know what I mean? How do you do this? Because she's touched upon so many different genres and everything. So when you're yeah. given this task of going, we need some stuff, how do you, what's well, the Britney yes. brand to you as, a, as an artist? Like, how do you create?
0: You know, I, I just see her as a pop queen. Um, I, I, I feel like she really laid the model down for what pop music was and is and, and how it feels and how it vibes and in so many different ways. Um, she was a phenomenon. Um, she still is a phenomenon. Uh, and, and, and an entertainer. Right? Um, she's an entertainer. And, and for me, it really hit me, not when I was working with her. But when I went to go see the show in Vegas, is where it came together for me. I think when I was in work mode, I was just in work. um, You know, we got to get this. What day does this do? You know, I wasn't picking the songs. I was pitching some songs and people would definitely send me songs and I'd put them into the pile and we'd go over them and they'd decide, you know, all that kind of jazz. But um, when I got to the show in Vegas is when I really realized just how culturally iconic yeah, anyone that can put on that long of a show of songs that you know every word <laughs> back to back, even if you weren't—I never considered myself to even really to be a Britney. I, I was a fan of Britney Spears, but I never was a Britney fan. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I didn't have the posters. I didn't, you know, I didn't follow her daily trappings and all that kind of jazz. Uh, but when I saw the show, I was like, I know every word. Coming out of this woman's mouth for every song that I had a hand in or not, <laughs> that, you know that's iconic on some level, um, and and she's just listen. I I what I love the most is people are. I would do interviews and I would be hesitant really to talk about anything Britney related, um, but now it's like when I see her on Instagram, I'm like, okay, that's the girl I was hanging out with. That's the girl that I got to have some really deep conversations with, some really deep personal and private conversations with. That's her, there she is. No more of this manufactured sort of, because I think what we do in the industry is kind of like, I think you know Whitney Houston is the best example of, you know, not that Whitney wasn't a lady, but Whitney wasn't always a lady. And now we all know that, right? Because of whatever reasons, but for so many years, the industry had packaged her into being this, this, Mm -hmm. this thing that she may or may not have been in real life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and it's kind of the same thing with anyone coming from that era. And so to see Britney come through and just really living authentically and showing everybody who she is authentically good, bad, right, or wrong is it's freeing And, and you can feel her freedom um and you can feel it coming and you know I'm hashtag free Britney all the way so (laughs) and and that's and that's the cool part too because I think
1: for anyone who's looked at interviews from Britney from like 99 2000 she's always been this quirky southern girl she's always been the one to say like miss or ma'am or like that southern girl is there and what I love is I actually talked to um Joshua Schwartz who co-wrote, produced, uh, anticipating, Before the Goodbye, Lonely, Let Me Be. And he was like anticipating, he goes, what I want people to realize is, he goes, those melodies you hear, that was Britney. Britney was the one who knew melodies. She came in and she oh, was like- Oh, let me tell you something. The
0: girl can write a song. The girl can write a song. She wrote, she wrote Hold On Tight by herself.
1: More on Hold On Tight will be released with the mini episode that is going to be released tomorrow.
0: Please don't mess my head.
1: Please don't mess my head. It should be easy. Will I Am, you know, that, that you already talked yeah. about that story about how you came into the, the realm of Will I Am, which is amazing. Yeah. So what about that? Having a song in which Will I Am, you know, is the, the featured duet, if you will.
0: I mean, that's a little different just because of my relationship with Will and how, you know, Will brought me to the party. Um, so I was accustomed to being in his space and in the studio while he created and all that kind of jazz, which was, you know, I mean, there are two artists that I've had the pleasure of watching work if that makes sense, and will is my favorite. <laughs> <I love laughs> just it. because of the way he does it, um you know it's it's such an organic process, and it's interesting like I have so many pictures and videos of just watching him work um so when he set out to you know do that song he, you know I you'd have to ask him the inspiration mm-hmm. voice and things like but I just watched him start with a clean slate and just develop that into you know over the course of a couple of days into this you know monster of a song so, so cool. yeah. And they were having such a great collaboration with um, Scream and Shout at the time. So it just made sense just to do another one. So,
1: that was, I said, one of, one of my favorite songs is Scream and Shout. I go, because even just that little Britney, that adds that extra oomph needed. Do you know what I mean? Like, for me, I was like, that song. And Will I Am is somebody from like, you know, Request Line, Macy Gray, early on, Black Eyed Peas. I was like, he's one of those artists that I followed through and I go, I'm always surprised at what he does because it's never what I think it's gonna be. You know what I mean? It's never that. Like well, this wait. song with Shakira
0: right now, I was just like, Whoa, "What?" <laughs> I I told someone the other day, I was like, "Don't ever count him out. <laughs> don't ever count him out. <laughs> like, like, don't ever count him out. He's he's got some things up his sleeve that you know." Like I remember the last time I went to the studio just to hear some records, and he played me some records, and I'm just like you know these are things that the world has not heard yet you'll hear them when he's ready for you to hear them and i'm just like how how does one man just have so many hidden records like it's crazy he sold his it's soul like he just, sold
1: just, his soul to the music devil that's what like
0: <laughs> undeniable like undeniable thump ass records that just like what and they're all so different at the same time 100 percent. like they're just yeah like they're they're all so different and he's i mean you know i got a feeling right like there you
1: go and, and the thing is it's like you look at this and you go you could look at every generation and he's had a huge hit song that people know do you know what i mean the shakira song oh, yeah. internationally too it's beyond any like all of those the spanish like tinge songs like those are all blowing up and it's like dude he's just i mean he's amazing yeah Back in June of 2021, Billboard magazine had Black Eyed Peas on the cover, and it said global hit machine still charting after 25 years. Something I wanted to point out specifically about the Shakira song is that came out in December of 2020. Now, this song, this group, 25 years into their career, I'm going to just go through some of these charts from that uh, one of their most recent songs. Uh... In Bolivia, the song was 16, Chile, 11, Colombia, 16, National, Colombia, 15, Costa Rica, 14, Dominican Republic, 18, Ecuador, uh, 8, El Salvador, 1, Guatemala, 5, Honduras, 6. And then you have Mexico Airplay, number 2, Mexico uh, Monitor, number 4, Panama, 3, Panama Produce, 37, Uh, Paraguay, 4, Peru, 2, Puerto Rico, 3. Uh, and then you keep going down uruguay number 2 us latin airplay and billboard number 1 venezuela number 6 so this is a group with will i am and will i am has become one of those um artists that many people like or don't like i always say that he's a genius because if you go back to the origins of black eyed peas and see what they were able to do it's phenomenal and especially them with hip hop pop and everything, how they really helped change the music landscape. So I wanted to point that out. And I just think it was something important. But what I'm doing is we're coming to the end of this quick part, have no fear, more episodes are being released. And something I wanted to point out for those that were wondering, if you are liner geeks, what's interesting is there are a lot of people that are either Britney Spears consumers where they purchase the physical copies, have the CDs and everything, or they're just downloaders and streamers where they don't actually see a lot of this stuff. The one thing I wanted to point out was many people said, you know, what do I think of this this album? And I've said before that I feel like it's definitely... Um, a couple different albums. And then when you go back through, and for those listeners on the original Dahl, you know we talked about the A and R, the artist and repertoire person. The person that kind of, in the most generic sense, not every time, but most of the time, they're the ones that say, okay... Artist A is going to be working on a country-flavored album. They're looking for this. So then what will happen is they're kind of gatekeepers where people will send them songs, and the A&R person might be like, you know what, we'll work with this. You know what, we'll go back. Uh, Cassie Livingston was like, they wanted more songs like this. Shelley pikin was like, they wanted songs like these." Maya Marie was like, you know, we were pitching Gasoline, but then they told us that there was going to be another song, Gasoline, on the album, it's not going to work. So on and so forth. Uh, the thing that I wanted to point out was In this, if you go back through all of Britney Spears' albums and see who the and r person or people are, in this one, it is the A&R person is Larry Rudolph and Adam Lieber. Then, and additionally, uh, Rainy Hancock, who is a music executive person now at Columbia. But I just thought it was very interesting that you have two managers that are and Ring this album. Um, in addition with a record, record executive people or person. So you have to wonder if an album before was, uh, in general, if an album before only had one A&R person and it seemed like it was a very solid group of songs that were cohesive, great. Well, what happens if you add more and more people to A&R? Do you ultimately have a third this person, a third that person, a third this other person? Makes you wonder. Um, But I just wanted to point that out. So now when you go back through, look through with when we learned about the, you know, abandoned Rodney Jerkins album or the circus album or the circus, you know, re-release or femme fatale and glory. Look to see what songwriters, producers go from one album to the next. And look to see how on this album, there's a lot more people involved in uh, the songs. And many of these people never got to work with Britney Spears in the studio So I just think that's something interesting. So for those who have the vinyl, uh, the CDs, go back through and take a look. Uh, And it's very interesting, like I said, uh, just to see like how many different people are trying to put together an album in this amount of time. So at least now we know more and more of how the album was being creative. And over the next couple of days, we're releasing uh, several episodes with the different songs that we talked about with Anthony Preston so that they could stand on their own. Um, and then you can kind of see. But don't forget, follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And don't forget, follow me on TikTok, uh, at the James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. Also Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. If you're looking on Twitter, it's that account that Britney Spears herself, uh, that main official account, follows. But I will let you go, and I will see you all on the flip side. The Original